Welcome to the Teaching Tax Flow Podcast, where the goal is to empower and educate you to legally and ethically minimize taxes paid over your lifetime. Welcome, everybody, back to Teaching Tax Flow, the podcast. Now we're on episode seven, lucky number seven. Um, The topic for today is something that I'm sure a lot of people are wondering about. There's a lot of certainties and uncertainties kind of rolled into this, um, but nobody that I can think of would be better to answer this than the guy to my right, as always, Chris Bakiro, CPA. How are you doing, Chris? I am wonderful, John, and you didn't introduce yourself. Well, Johnny T and the place to be, John Chapolsky. It's got a nice ring. And maybe we'll flip this up a little bit. Maybe you can introduce me next time. You know, we'll sing a little song. We'll add a, we'll add a little pizzazz to some pretty significant numbers. I think we're going to toss out today. Mm-hmm. So back back to that topic. You know, will we see or can we expect? Right. I know we expect it, but regarding the federal tax rates, right? So will the federal tax rates be increasing in the future? So Chris, I'm going to throw this over to you and kind of walk us through basically. Are we going to see this and also really kind of dip and dodge a little bit into, you know, what what's likely going to be the cause of any changes that we may see regarding the Fed tax rate? And before we decided to do this podcast, I had always heard that, that yes, the, the federal government's in debt, the debt's increasing, uh, it's an issue. The sentiment is, is that federal tax rates need to increase. But I never really dove into the numbers until we did our little show prep uh, for this, which was shocking. I remember you were writing that. And uh, if I remember correctly, you had me kind of double check your math because, because we, we weren't 100% sure of it. So walk us through that. What what actually is mm-hmm. the, the current estimated debt? Exactly, because I wasn't sure that my calculator would go into the trillions. <laughs> we were counting a lot of zeros, that's for sure. But that being said, as of the taping of this podcast, the federal government the United States federal government is $31.2 trillion in debt. That's with the T. We looked at the financial statements with the, for the fiscal year ended in 2021. That'd be September 2020 to October 2021. This information is available on the U.S. Treasury website. This is all public information. And the, the income was about $3.8 to $3.9 trillion for the federal government. The expenses were about $4.8 trillion. It doesn't take a rocket scientist or CPA to determine that we are just a little under a $1 billion net loss for the year, $966 billion yearly deficit. So that 31.2 trillion, I'm sorry, about $1 trillion deficit, $966 billion of loss. So expenses exceed revenue. So that $31.2 trillion number is set to increase almost a trillion dollars per year based on these numbers. And then as we were calculating this too, so based off of current U.S. population numbers, we'll call it, you know, we won't call it an estimate. We'll call it, we'll call the number we have. So based off of that, I remember running through, running through this calculator, looking at it. So per head of current U.S. residents, what's that number broken down per individual? Exactly. And obviously the population changes daily, but at the time of this recording, somewhere we are in debt somewhere between $85,000 and $95,000 per resident of the United States. And we know that not every resident works. So if you think about 
how much someone is consuming as far as government services and put a dollar amount on that versus how much they're contributing based on federal tax that they're paying. And the fact that we have a lot of retirees, we have a lot of younger people that aren't yet in the workforce, babies, children, you only have a sliver of the population that's actually contributing to the revenues based in general, based on tax. And what's shocking to me, obviously not being not being in your office every day and, and crunching these numbers, but and not knowing what exactly, even at the time of this, not knowing what the the median, you know, individual annual income is. I mean, that's pretty significant. I mean that that's more. Than, I mean that's that's a, you know an X right. multiplier of how much somebody's even making in a year pre tax, which is shocking. So about eighty five and a half percent of the federal government's revenue, based on the fiscal year on twenty twenty one was made up of payroll taxes and income tax. That was about $3.3 trillion out of the $3.863 trillion. Now, when we say trillions, billions, that to me, that always is confusing. So I like percentages. So almost 85.5% of the money coming in is based on income tax and payroll tax. So that being considered, what, what, what the trend that we see, and if we looked at the federal government as a business, this business would be bankrupt. Mm-hmm. A while ago. So really, what do you, as a business, if you're trying to increase your bottom line, increasing your revenue, right? You find other ways, um, legal and ethical ways, we should say a little bit, to increase that revenue. So I'm going to I'm gonna go on a limb and make the assumption from myself that taxes are going to increase moving forward. Is that correct? That's, a, that's the sentiment. And that's a good assumption. The question that we, we, we're not sure, and we could do a lot, get a lot of our research on taxfoundation.org, which is in which is a nonprofit organization that provides a lot of research. Lowering tax rates doesn't necessarily mean that less tax revenue will come in. Hmm. And that's where it's not our job. That's where the, the Senate Finance Committee, the House Ways and Means Committee, that's where the federal government's working to try to figure out what's the best way to increase revenue. Now, you, men- you mentioned where are we right now? As we know, in 2017, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act was passed. That Tax Cuts and Jobs Act significantly reduced taxes paid by many people and corporations. That Tax Cuts and Jobs Act is set to expire on December 31st, 2025. So we, and in 2026, tax rates and brackets are going to be higher than they are now. They're going to revert back to pre-Tax Cuts and Jobs Act um, brackets. Again, we teach understanding your marginal tax rate more important than a tax bracket. But the point is here, we have what we're here at the end of 2022. We've got 23, 20, we got three more years where we're in relatively lower tax rate mm-hmm. environment. Again, that doesn't mean that there'll be less tax revenue generated because if you have assets that are pre-tax and you know tax rates are going to go up, you might recognize the taxable income. Mm-hmm. And that's really when we talk about teaching tax flow. The red diagnosis is very powerful. You know, on the purple diagnosis, tax deferral is one that I think is way overused. And the most underused is the gold diagnosis. And that's why gold, tax-free income and growth is so valuable because we already know just by the the expiration of the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act that tax rates are going to go back up. And I know too, we we were chatting about this, I want to say a couple of days ago or possibly even before that, there was a great survey that was done um, and I don't recall exactly what it was. I'll let you dive into that. But before we do, so as far as for people's overall feelings, right, on 
on you know the increase of taxes. It you know kind of going back to something we talk about all the time, and really the basis of teaching tax law right is planning for something. So I'm sure this isn't the first time that that our listeners and our members have heard. Oh, you know taxes might go up. This is going to be a big change. It's I mean the good thing is again this this is my opinion and kind of how I'm taking it is. We have a number of years to do this. The mm-hmm. worst thing you can do is just kind of put it off and say, oh, I'll deal with it later. It, this is really a great time. You're not saying today or yesterday or whenever, but ASAP is start to plan for this a little bit. So even though we might not know exactly what it's going to be in 25, 26, um, or, or which year you had mentioned, plan for it, right? Exactly. And, and as tax planners, we can only plan on what we know. Um, and we know what the ta- when the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act expires. Common sense tells us that tax rates will most likely increase in the future. Now, will will that increase the amount of tax revenue? It's really, it's unknown. There's no guarantee. A lot of times, lower tax rates may actually make, create higher tax revenues. It's, a, it's an odd thing, but I want you to think about, you know, how much, if something, if, if a consumable is less money and, and prices are a little lower, you might buy more things from that store. Mm-hmm. The other thing to consider when we're talking about, and this is why understanding your marginal tax rate is so important compared to your tax bracket. We just said that 85.5% of the, of the revenue that the federal government receives is from payroll taxes and federal income tax. Well, it's very easy. And what I can see happening is that social security wage base, which an employee pays half of and an employer pays the other half of, continues to increase because you're, the message is going to be, we didn't, we didn't increase your federal tax, but you definitely increased your social security tax, which is, a, and it all goes into the same, same bucket. Um, so that's something to be very uh, concerned about. And as a taxpayer, understand, and I hate to keep beating this dead horse, your marginal tax rate, understand, and one of the things we teach on teaching tax flow is that not all income is taxed the same. There are different tax rates for different types of income. And because the sentiment is that tax rates are going to increase significantly after the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act expires and, and at the end of 25, that gold strategy that we talked about, tax-free income and growth, is so important. So really planning for this obviously is key. So that's let's actually jump into it. And, and I know you probably got this all at the top of your head. Um, I can't remember actually who did it. Um, but that survey that we referenced a while back, it was it was really interesting. Um, if I remember too, as we were scrolling through it, it, it was very transparent, right? So on what these results were, um, the sample size that they did the did the survey on. Walk us through that a little bit if you know any of the the key pieces of that that you recall that stood out to you. Right. And, and this was, so this came from a survey earlier this year from wallethub.com. We're going to post the survey results in the show notes. Okay. So, but I'm going to, a couple of things that really stuck out to me when we're talking about um, public sentiment. And remember that the people that make the tax laws, write the tax laws are voted in by the residents of the United States. So we, I think if we look at some of these results, so to give you an example, one of the questions was, even in the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2017 environment, which is the lowest, I've been practicing for over 20 years, these are the lowest tax rates we've ever seen. In my opinion, at this point, these are probably the lowest tax rates I'll ever see in the rest for the rest of my career. That being said, 67% of people thought tax, current tax rates 
individual tax rates are too high. Two thirds of people think they're too high. And do you think, Chris, that that's it? Kind of leads a little bit to that they they possibly don't understand your marginal tax rate versus your tax bracket. I do. I think, okay. and they, I don't think that they understand that different types of incomes are taxed taxed differently. And really, as an individual, well, really, and as a business too, but mainly as an individual, you really do have full control. Well, to a within limitations but of how much you actually pay in taxes. Exactly. If, if you don't, remember we talk about the taxing agencies are involuntary business partner and you have to, you don't do the proper tax planning. Even if you are a W-2 person, there's some tax planning that can be done. It's not just for real estate investors and entrepreneurs or, or business owners. So on the corporate tax side, 62% of people thought corporate tax rates were too high. And corporate tax rates in general are very, very low right now. There was, um, and I won't get into the nitty gritty, but the first few, first bit of income, those tax rates went up, but but the corporate tax rates in general flat 21% on the federal tax side. This really, one thing, because we think tax rates are going to go up, this ties into one of our red diagnosis, which is residency planning. And as someone that relocated to a, to a state that has no income tax, I found this interesting. The question was posed, would you move to a different state to avoid tax? Hmm. And I'm sure a lot of people think about that. I mean, we're we're obviously down in, in Florida a lot together, working on some projects. Obviously, you live in Tennessee. Um, I've lived in multiple states. So you see that variation really across the country, right? So, But I do know, not getting into the weeds at all, that certain states may have you know, minimal or non-existent, we'll say state income tax, but there's likely some other taxes, say, as an entrepreneur, um, like for an example, an LLC in Tennessee, I believe, is one example that you uh, you had mentioned. Right. So. Excuse me. Oh, it's OK. That's right. It must be it must be a hard answer. Man, I, I, you, 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 you threw that LLC out again. You know how much you, I really love that. You know, and if you guys if you guys want a really good laugh, go go back and listen to that episode. Um, that was probably one of the more fun ones that we've done. Um, I thought you may. I really thought you were going to throw something at me there. That was that was so, one of the one of the on the whim ones. But right, obviously, states are going to generate revenue some way, shape, or form. Um, this this podcast is not to, is not about uh, state tax in general. But you can see that the, the growing states typically don't have a state income tax. They might have a higher sales tax or consumption tax. They might have a a tourist tax, and you can see where the population movement is. So I'm just going to leave that there for now. But the answer to the question was 50% said yes, they would move to a different state just to avoid taxes. That's that's significant. Half of the people would do that. So not taking into account that it's expensive to move. So it can be expensive to move, but it's sometimes expensive to stay. Absolutely. We had a um we had a client that um was a California client, significant amount of income. They paid more California tax. Than federal tax, hmm. okay. and um, it's quite quite interesting. So uh, the other thing is in the and, and again these surveys are usually aren't uh, people waving the waving a flag for the, the United States government. But the final question we're going to talk about as we wrap things up here is: Does the government currently spend your tax dollars wisely? Eighty one percent of people said no. Wow, that's a that's a big percentage. <laughs> it's a, and again, it's. I, I don't remember exactly what the the sample demographics were on this specific, but I mean, given that it was a, a reputable source, I'm sure they weren't 
you know, asking all the same people at a, at a grocery store, right? So exactly. This is, you know, and again, you'll see this in the show notes, but the point is here, what, what do we know? We know that the government's in significant debt. We know that the debt continues to grow. And we know that the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act expires at the end of 2025. We don't know what tax rates will be after that. The sentiment is they're going to be higher. So make sure you understand you and that you have a good mix of tax strategies. And no matter if you are a red, green, or purple, no matter what your marginal tax rate is, you should be implementing, in my opinion, some gold tax-free income and growth diagnosis prescriptions. So to learn more about that, please check us out on social media. Go to teachingtaxflow.com. We we provide a lot of content. We provide a lot of education at, in this podcast and this platform is for the people. We appreciate your open-mindedness. We appreciate your time. We also would appreciate a five-star review. And please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. So Johnny T, you want to take us home? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Well, you know, I don't have a... Oh, no, I was going to kick around and say I don't have a driver's license to do that, but that's definitely not true. Uh, but thank you, Chris, for diving into a, into this with us. I mean, a lot of this, I think, is, you know, I, again, making an assumption. A lot of us have heard that this is going to happen. But I, I really like this episode, Chris, specifically because I think you did a really great job of taking a lot of information, condensing it down, and really reiterating, right? Like, we know it's going to happen. We don't know exactly what it's going to be, but we know it's going to be significant. You know, if people have certain feelings today, it's likely, you know, they're expecting that change. And this probably is going to be one of the one of the episodes that we have the most forethought into, right? Like we're looking years down the road, not just next year. Absolutely. And then one more thing I want to add. Let's have a little fun. We want to know your opinion. So when you see this episode, please comment on it, share it. I'd love to hear what the sentiment is. I want to know if our listeners share the sentiment of this Wallet Hub survey. Thank you so much for listening and have an amazing rest of the day. 